Hello and welcome to the Career Changers podcast. I'm Elisa Martinic and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the Career Changers. I'm definitely one of them. I learned from my experience that following our dreams requires courage, self-awareness and a lot of inner work. I love to discover stories of career change and share them with the world as a source of inspiration for all those who are still searching. Career changes are not a straightforward chronology written in our CVs, but the sum up of our dreams, ambitions, failures and successes. The Career Changers is an online community that aims to inspire thousands of people during their journey to self-realization. We discover and share inspirational real-life stories of career change. We inspire people that are thinking to change career. We support people that want or need to change career, but feel stuck or lacking confidence and clarity. We connect and collaborate with organizations that support career change across different industries. I believe that thinking to have only one job or career in our life is a limiting belief, unless the job or that career make us happy. Life is a journey, and with one third of our lives spent working, it would be unimaginable to not have a desire to explore new avenues. Welcome to the Career Changers podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Career Changers. Our guest today is Lily Woy, Executive Leadership Coach. But before then, today in Lily Words, I reshaped my career by 180 when I hit my limit and could not imagine living another day of not achieving my full potential. My journey is serving as an inspiration to many people from naively letting my company mold me into another corporate consultant to breaking free, taking charge of my career and crafting out a role for myself in my company that fits my passion. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so uh, excited to be part of this episode. Oh, I'm excited too. So let's start to talk about uh, your background. How did you start your professional life? Or better, what was your first job? My first job was about nine to ten years ago. I started out doing corporate taxation. Uh, as an intern, my undergrad was in accounting and finance, but I quickly realized that wasn't something I was particularly passionate about. Since then, I had quite a squiggly career journey to, to get to what, uh, what I'm doing currently. Mm. So what was your dream job when you were a child? Ooh, I had a lot. <laughs> From being a painter to a teacher to being a secretary a doctor a baker um to a psychologist to a business owner i think it was really dependent on what i was being exposed to or the movies that i was watching at that time it changes quite frequently <laughs> and what is your educational background mm, i did um my undergrad in accounting and finance um, after that, I also went on and did a master's in management. I got my SEMA qualification as well as eventually my coaching qualification, as well as various certificates here and there. 
um, I love learning and kind of collecting this is kind of a hobby of mine. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to talk more about the journey of your career later on. But if we can sum up, what have been the highlights of your career so far? There is a couple of highlights. Um, The first one is definitely starting a career in London. Uh, I'm originally from Malaysia, from Kuala Lumpur, and a culture shock on how people interact and work together in UK compared to Malaysia is definitely something I remember quite vividly. There is a, a sense of hierarchy and, and deference to an existing way of working um, in Asia. And the way that you challenge and push back against ideas and against ways of working is quite different. So more private conversation, more behind the scenes, influencing compared to in in UK where it's a free for all. Let's lay it out on the table. We're going to talk about it as a group. And it's just a very different culture, different perspective. So when I work with people now, it's really useful to have that perspective and work with my clients on what assumptions are we having about the other person, the situation that we we might not have appreciated that is causing the challenge or the blocker. So I think definitely that is one of the highlights. Meeting my various mentors throughout my career, that, that was a highlight as well. I think there's a handful that I know. Without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. And, you know, on hindsight, looking at my career, I realized that now, but at that time, I couldn't really appreciate the impact or the significance of their guidance, you know, what they were saying to me and what they were helping me about. But looking back now, I remember those moments where things really changed for me and helped me to really get to where I am today. Mm -hmm. And of course, the last one was about starting my business. A lot of doubts, a lot of uncertainty, not only from myself, but from a lot of people around me, especially my closest friend and family. Have you thought about it? How are you going to make money? Do you even know how to run the business? So, you know, going through that process, coming out to it, um, to the other side, I think something that I really look fondly back against. So you mentioned uh, three highlights of your uh, journey because our career, our journeys, uh, they develop through our life uh, between ups and downs, challenges, uh, sometimes hopefully uh, opportunities as well <laughs> in the recognition. Uh, so let's talk about your journey. Um, you said, I get how hard it is to put in a lot of effort, try your best to succeed in your career and still feel you're not seeing the outcomes you want. I'm fortunate that after years of experience, many failures, a lot of self-reflection, support from mentors, plenty of hard work and a bit of luck, I got to the other side. Not everyone had the same fortune. Even if today you have a successful career, you had a time where you felt frustrated. What was the cause of that? A big part of that, looking back, it's because I felt I had to be someone I'm not to be successful in my career. I am quite an introverted person. 
And I was always told by people I need to be louder, I need to speak up, and that my voice is unheard. Often, they say things with the most well-meaning intention. Lily, you have great ideas. You just need to speak up. You just need to talk more in meetings. And it made me very self-conscious. I felt like I had to be this outgoing, this extroverted person to be heard, to be successful. And that was very frustrating and very exhausting and very demoralizing. Um, it was quite a difficult point in my career. Mm-hmm. When was the moment that changed everything for you? Two moments that I remember quite clearly um, that have shifted my perspective of how I was seeing myself and seeing the world. It was with two different managers that I had at the time. They were introverted themselves. And it was a long conversation, but to summarize the gist of it, it's rather than trying to imitate what extrovert or confidence people are doing, like being able to jump in and interject, being able to react on the spot, or the many tactics like power poses, leaning forward. It was more about how do I want to be heard? How do I want to be noticed? And focusing on that. And a lot of the times, it's because when we talk about confidence, the mainstream media show us uh, this extroverted person. But confidence really comes in all shapes and sizes. And everyone has a different way of showing confidence. And it's really about me taking the time to figure out who I want to be and be able to show that confidently. So it was really more about working on my mindset, working on my limiting belief, reclaiming what confidence means to me and how I navigate the corporate workspace in a way that really works for me. Mm-hmm. So it was really about me accepting my whole self and really leveraging what I have to my advantage. And I think that was really the moment that was right. I am really doing what I love to be doing. I love what you are saying about extroverted uh, people versus introverted and uh, I think there are some conversation, but not as, ma- as many as maybe are needed on the fact that the world seems to be built around extroverted people. And um, it's really important um, to understand that, uh, as you say, not being so loud, it doesn't necessarily mean that there is no thinking going uh, behind the talking. Uh-huh. And maybe it's just a different timing, it's, it's different type of personality. And I really identify with that. Um, so once you realize all of this, once you realize you didn't fit the environment and you wanted to be yourself and be successful as yourself, not as someone you were trying to imitate, what steps did you take? It started a lot with self-introspection, really taking the time to figure out what do I actually want out of my career? Who do I want to become and why? I did a lot of outreach. I reached out and networked with a lot of people. I found mentors. I worked with coaches. I said yes to new experience to really figure figure it out because it is a journey. You're not gonna figure things out overnight. It took me 
almost a couple of years and currently I'm still figuring out, you know, learning to use what I'm good at, what I want to be known for, my preference, my style to develop, how I like to work with people, how I like to communicate with people that really put my best foot forward. And as you go through your career, things will change, things will continue to change. And it's really about constantly revisiting who I want to be and am I heading in the right direction. So how, when and why did you finally get clarity uh, and decide to become a leadership coach? I have always been fascinated with people. Human behavior, psychology, since young really fascinated me. I love people watching. And I'm always the quiet one, just watching, just observing. And over the years in my career, I find myself being drawn back to it over and over again until I made the decision to focus on it full time. And why I decided to do that is because the potential of a human being is endless. And every single people that I've encountered, that I have the pleasure to work with, is so unique and so different in their own way. They have their own story. And I find it so fascinating. And I can't see myself being as excited about doing anything else other than this. Oh, that's great. Uh, Each of us, with our choices, can have a positive impact in the world. How do you feel uh, through your work you're making the world a better place? My mission is really to help others unleash their success superpower and flourish in their uniqueness. Many introverts struggle with this, especially in the workplace, because the majority of leaders are still not well-equipped to give them the right support and the space to grow. So why, it's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm here to really help people to effortlessly try in their workplace, to become authentic, become unapologetic and empowered in their career in a way that works for them. And that does work. That to me is how I make the world a better place. So let's uh, talk about the world of work and um, um, let's let's hear about your expertise. Um, so we can focus maybe more on introverted people or this can be um, applicable to anyone that is listening, I would say. But um, what are some effective techniques to proactively overcome imposter syndrome? And I guess probably an introvert, I'm not sure if it's true, but they may they may suffer of imposter syndrome maybe more often because they don't have this very loud approach to life. So they may feel that they need to justify themselves a lot. Yeah, yeah. I would say everyone experienced imposter syndrome at certain points in their career. And the most important thing, whether you're introverted or extroverted, is really to break the silence is to talk about it. It's not a taboo subject. It's nothing to be ashamed about because everyone has feels this at certain point in their career, especially when you're starting something new, a new job, a new position. And it's about sharing your feelings and getting feedback from people you trust. 
so you can start to develop some a more realistic perspective on your abilities about your competence and then through through having that conversation you can start to acknowledge your thoughts and really put it into perspective is is this thoughts helping me or hindering me what is it really trying to tell me or what is it trying to protect me from because sometimes we don't communicate well with ourselves. The thoughts here might be protecting us from something, but instead it's actually holding us back. So if you can really figure out what it is trying to protect you from, you can start to address it more productively. So how can we discover our own value? Two things. Figure out your why, your purpose, and figure out your core value. What's really driving you? What gets you excited? What really matters to you in your life? You know, if you stop and think about the past few big decisions you have made in your life, for example, why have you chosen your career and career path? Why have you chosen the city you live in? And it might be for financial reason now, which is perfectly a legitimate response. If you look at the Maslow hierarchy of needs. In your journey to self-actualization, you need to have your basic needs met first. And as you gain those, you start looking for more. You start discovering what really matters to you, what's really driving you, and what gets you out of bed. So it's going to take time as well to really f- discover your own values. I love you mentioned the Maslow par- pyramid needs. is something that I've studied at a very young age as part of my education and I always reflect on that and I invite our listener eventually to research if they're not aware um, that actually yeah we as a human beings we, we, we look to satisfy basic needs first and then step by step um, we are on a journey to self-realization and this is what um, we are the stories we are sharing here are the career changes um, so Sometimes there is this idea that saying no is something bad and there is this tendency to people please or say yes because maybe that would lend us better opportunities or maybe sometimes saying yes to everything can be also a fear of missing out. Um, But why instead learning to say no can be the key to gain respect and recognition uh, from colleagues and leaders? I'm going to put a twist to, to that question because I think a lot of people say I need to be better at saying no. I say you need to know and respect your own boundaries. And by doing that, you will learn to say no better. And by respecting your boundaries, you get respect back from your colleagues and your leaders. And the reason why we believe we struggle with saying no is because we don't either know what our boundaries is or we don't respect it enough to maintain it. So first and foremost is really figuring out your limits. What's okay? What's not okay? Not what you think your limit should be, but what it actually is. It's okay, it's okay to not to know and experiment and test and, uh, and figure it out along the way. But you can't set clear boundaries if you first don't know what it is. 
And you won't be able to say no if you don't know your boundaries. And you won't be able to gain respect from your colleagues and your leaders if you don't respect your own boundaries. Because if, you, if they don't see you respecting yourself, they're not going to do the same. So it's about starting to figure out what's really acceptable and not acceptable for you. And if it's something that's not acceptable to you, the fear of FOMO, um, the, the fear of not being um, considered for certain opportunities will start to slowly ebb away because you know that it's something that is not negotiable in your life. It, it, you're not willing to be to participate in it. So I would say focus on figuring out your boundaries. Hmm. So we mentioned before um, the difference between extroverts and introverts. And in a loud world, uh, um, it seems that extroverted people may uh, be recognized more often. How can introversion become a competitive advantage? It's about playing to your strength. I think for a lot of introverts, we self ourselves short. We don't really recognize the strengths that we bring to the workplace. And we tend to assume Whatever comes easily to us comes easily to everyone else, but that's not the case. I would say the top three strengths that I see introverts undervalue themselves, that is really a very strong advantage to them. It's they are very insightful, they are very self-motivated, and they are very creative. It's because introverts tend to sit back tend to listen more, tend to observe more, have very vivid imagination. So we are able to pick up the subtle shift and hints in the conversation that extrovert might have missed in, in, in the meeting. And using that to strengthen relationship, to influence change, to inspire action. And other people will be very surprised and touched by how well you understand them or how insightful um, your input up and in turn it will listen to you more when you speak so I would say really lean into those strengths and be proud of it Fearing uh, being overwhelmed humiliating or rejected is often the barrier to make our voice heard how is possible to overcome those feelings so that then we are able to put our point across practice <laughs> talk to someone about it find someone you can trust and practice um, because this is the shared experience that all of us faces and if you're overwhelmed practice breaking it down to bite-sized manner to something that you feel that is manageable practice being rejected rejection is a fact of life unfortunately we would not be able to grow we are not able to progress and really enjoy life if we don't face rejection. Practice being vulnerable and courageous because there's a lot of beauty in it. And the key is know and the key is knowing that you can get back up and doing again. And this is where all the practice come in to get rejected, come back up, to fail at something, to learn from it and to move forward. And over time, it's going to get easier.
So um, what uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about your work before we come into the end of this uh, um, recording and uh, how are you helping people today through your work? Uh, and if anyone would like to get in touch, how and where they can find you? Yeah, so currently I work with um, individual and corporates in their career development, in their career progression uh, and leadership development. You can get in touch with me through LinkedIn, Lily Woi, um, quite a distinct profile. You can get in touch with me on booking a call. We can have a discovery session to really figure out what is the core challenge that you're facing and how we can work together to overcome it. So we're reaching the end of this episode and I'm sure our listeners have benefited already from your story, found some inspiration and some precious tips. Um, what type of advice would you give to anyone during their journey to self-realization? It takes time. It, it doesn't happen overnight. So make sure to enjoy the journey because it's a very fun and enjoyable journey. Yeah. So did you experience a lot of frustration in your journey yourself? Yeah, definitely. At, at those points, it feels very challenging to move forward. It feels like things are all stacked up against you and you can't really figure out a way to move forward. But I think in, at those points, it's very important to take a step back, look at it from a wider perspective or even a third perspective and really recognize the small wins that you have accomplished that a lot of people don't take the time to celebrate and be grateful for what have you what you have accomplished so far and what do you have currently in your life and that would help to feed um, the confidence the energy the motivation for you to keep going forward. Well, now the last question that we ask to uh, all of our guests, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? Have faith and don't let yourself hold you back. Just go for it. So what if you don't get it? Try again and again and again. And the only people that judge you wish they have your confidence and your perseverance. They wish they have, they have the courage to keep going for what you want. And no one is going to judge you more harshly than yourself. So don't let yourself hold you back. Well, thank you, Lily, so much for joining us today and sharing your inspirational story and wisdom with our listeners. It's my pleasure. And the last message for our listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and tune in next week for a new inspirational episode of The Career Changes.